morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. It's time to grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back, and let's chat about what is happening in the sky above us this day, October 23rd. Happy birthday out there to one of my younger grandchildren. Dallas turns 11 today. And happy birthday to my sister-in-law, Patricia. We won't say how old she is today. Um, but it's good to be with you, everybody, and I hope everybody had a great weekend. I don't know, the weekends seem to go by so fast that I almost never remember what it is that we did, except we did have a birthday party for Dallas on Saturday night. That was fun. That was crazy because he's a football player and his entire football team was at the party. It was noisy. Think about this, about 20 11-year-old-ish boys at a party. It was kind of nuts and it was kind of cold, uh, but still we were outside having a great time. Uh, anyway, I hope everybody had a great weekend. Today I have a lot of things that I want to talk about, including, of course, this is the week of the partial lunar eclipse occurring later in the week uh, on the 28th. And uh, that actually happens in the afternoon, West Coast time in the early evening. Uh, no, this is East Coast time, excuse me, 4.24 p.m. So I think we'll wait until Friday to talk more about that if I don't get to it um, today. Uh, today, the moon begins its transit through the sign of Aquarius. Actually, it started that Aquarius transit yesterday. And that means it's a time for us to become more detached emotionally, right? We've just come from uh, the sign of Capricorn, where it was all kind of busy and, uh, you know, duty bound. We get into Aquarius and the theme for the moon in Aquarius becomes much more about freedom, uh, about originality, using our inborn genius, and even things like independence and innovation are themes that come to the surface when we have the moon moving through uh, the sign of the water bearer. Um, while we may feel more detached, it doesn't mean that we aren't feeling, right? So it's just a kind of an ability that we have when the moon is in Aquarius to kind of step back a bit and look in, to become more objective. That's even probably a better word for this. We may seek more information during this time because Aquarius is an air sign and the air signs like excitement, the air signs like information, want to study, want to know more. And this is also a sign that might be more experimental in uh, the information it seeks and so forth. So we're being encouraged at the beginning of this week to really embrace our individuality, embrace the you, and that is connected to the whole, right? Connected to the collective, and then share your vision for a better world, right? It's kind of an interesting thing. Now, first thing this morning, I came across an article. I'm gonna just start sharing these things with you because it goes, it speaks so much to some of the things that we talk about here on the morning show here. Um, this is an article that I found in, I believe it's called Substack, which is a place where you get like articles from all different types of places. This one happens to be from Deepak Chopra. I am going to share it um, later in the uh, Facebook and YouTube chat uh, at the end uh, of the chat. So it says, if the world is on fire, so are we. And this is by Deepak Chopra. How do we explain a world that seems to have exploded in violence, war, and populist hatred of the other, in quotes, particularly when the other is a part of a flood of refugees and immigrants fleeing intolerable conditions at home? Before settling on an answer, consider a notion that runs through the world's spiritual traditions. The source of violence out there is in the world in here. Right? It lies in here with ourselves. This notion is hard to accept in the face of the rationales everyone uses to avoid looking inside. Most of these rationales are some form of blame. Violence is social, connected to poverty, a family history of violence rooted in age-old grudges, or somehow is the product of collective insanity. 
along with blame goes the usual moral judgments that treat violent behavior as a personal failure of character. I'm going to send that article to you all because it goes on to talk about exactly the things that we say here often. If you don't like what you see outside of you, then you've got to start within you to change that world or to change that situation, right? So he says it very much more eloquently uh, than I do, at least in writing there. So I just wanted to make sure everybody understood this isn't just something I make up, right? If you don't like what you see out there, the fault lies within you. And I don't even want to characterize it as fault. It's just where it all begins inside, right? And that means it's good news for all of us. Stay out of blame and shame and guilt and all of that. And instead go to, well, what does this mean for me? Right? Where is this coming from? What part of me is in resonance with this violence, with this hatred, with this? And then you can choose to make a change, right? All right. Good morning, Tom. Wakey, wakey, Astro Design family, he says. Good morning to Christine, Amy D. It's good to see you. Pam Zaruba. Every, hello, everyone. Christine, it's our season. It is true. It is Scorpio season beginning today at 921 Pacific time. So that'll be noon 21 for most of you in the East Coast there. And you guys can figure it out wherever you are in the rest of the world. Good morning to my husband, Terry. I see you out there. And Leslie, good morning to you. Requiem for a Tuesday morning. All my birthdays coming up on the 29th. Yay. I also have a grandson whose birthday is on the 29th. Another grandson. I have four Scorpio grandchildren, right? Two in October, two in early November. It's amazing. Uh, Pam Zaruba. Yes. Good morning, Patty. It's good to have you with us this morning. I hope you heard me say happy birthday to you at the top of the show. Now, today we're going to talk about, besides the moon, which I think I'm already done with, unless you all have questions about what the moon in Aquarius brings us, we're going to be talking about the sun transiting through the sign of Scorpio, what that means for all of us, how to use this energy in a positive way. But when we look at Scorpio energy, it is prudent of us to look at the shadows that lie in the sign because it is a sign of transformation. It is a sign of regeneration, right? So it is a sign that takes us into those dark places because it is ruled by the planet Mars and Pluto. They co-rule this sign. We have on one hand, the possibility of a lot of dynamic motion, perhaps some assertive or aggressive behavior. Sometimes that aggressive or assertive behavior is couched in self um uh, oh, passive aggression, let's call it, right? Where, you know, we have things going on within the self um, and we don't want to see it for what it really is. So we kind of toss it out there to the world around us. And then we see it projected at us from the people in our lives. Scorpio takes us on that journey, that journey to look into those deeper crevices to kind of lift up the rug and see what's underneath it. And so by nature, it is a sign that goes into depth. It goes into the deepest, darkest places and a, has a willingness then to transform those energies into the more higher framed energies. So for that's why Scorpio is a sign that we often look at from astrological perspectives as having three different symbols, right? So we know, like, for example, Cancer is the symbol of the crab, um, Gemini, the twins. In um, Scorpio, we have the scorpion, but it is the only sign that has the potential to move from one expression via transformation into or regeneration into another symbol. It goes from the scorpion into the eagle, right? Being able to climb to the highest, toppest parts of the trees, to see out wide around you, to see a better view of what is going on here. And then ultimately, the third symbol is that of the phoenix, the complete kind of annihilation and the rebirth, the regeneration energy, letting go of the old, dumping the baggage and being able to open up to the new. So, interesting time of year for us as we are, you know, learning all about maybe the shadow energies that lie within us. 
And it's a great time, you know, in this particular season, the in human design, we see that the sun is moving through all of the gates in the spleen center. And the spleen center is the center for time, intuition, health, but primarily it is a survival center. And we, of course, want to move from just survival into thriving, thriving and flourishing. Those are the words that we want to think of in terms of this time that we are in and the energies that it brings us, the potential that it brings us to transform fear into light, fear into love, right? So it's a huge time that we find ourselves in. So I want to look at it from the astrological point of view. And then I want to take and look at it through the lens of human design, all the different gates that we will be passing through in the next month. And then, of course, I'm going to bring up a tricky subject because every year I like to do this. What about the 13th sign? Oh, Fuchsius. What about that? So are you truly a Scorpio or are you an Ophucian? We'll get to that as well. All right. So the um, on the screen, if you're in YouTube, you're noticing a signing up for a human design course that I begin teaching later this week on Thursday. It'll be basics, right? We start with the very basics and we build through three different classes that are approximately an hour and a half to two hours long. Uh, uh, the basics that you need to understand human design astrology. I just completed the one for astrology basics. Now we're building human design astro astrology basics, if you will. And you can sign up with that link there. It takes you to the calendar where you then get registered. The course is $99 for all three of the classes, which also includes the handouts and so forth that come with the course. You can sign up there. In a few minutes, I'll switch the screen and turn it on to Facebook. So those of you listening on Facebook this morning can also sign up for the course if you want to. Uh, okay. <clears throat> So now when we look at the sun transiting Scorpio, what can all of us who are not Scorpio expect, as well as those of you who are Scorpio, what can you expect? Let's start with you guys first, because if you're Scorpio, that means you are now at your solar return. And of all the times in the year to get uh, an astrology reading or an astrology session, this is the time. Because every year when the sun comes back to where it was when you were born, which by the way, isn't necessarily always on your birthday. So sometimes you can have a two uh, birthday month, a two birthday year, uh, because we're talking about when the sun comes back to the exact degree, not when the calendar says, oh, hey, it's the 23rd, right? Um, luckily for all of you out there that are Scorpios whose birthdays are today, your birthday is right now. But I want you to think about this. Any child being born right now at this minute <clears throat> is going to be a Libra. They won't be a Scorpio because the sun doesn't move into Scorpio until 921. So all the children born in the next hour, all the ones that were born, you know, post midnight are all going to be Libras. They'll be 29 degree Libras for sure with some Scorpio overtones, let's say, but they will definitely be Libras until after the sun gets to 9.21 a.m. So it's just kind of a quirk of nature, right? That the calendar says one thing and we tend to live our lives by the calendar, but in terms of astrology, we're going by the degree that the sun is sitting at and he won't be sitting at zero degrees of Scorpio until 9.21 this morning. All right. Now, this transit for all of you who are non-Scorpios, if you're a non-Scorpio, this is going to be energy that is sort of kind of isolated to one particular house of your astrology chart. If you are a Scorpio, these themes of Scorpio are going to play out throughout your whole year, right? So you get a bigger picture view of what's ahead when you have an astrology reading on your birthday, because we're looking at themes. We're looking at what's the setup right? What's the setup? Now, all of you Scorpios also have a Taurus Scorpio eclipse coming up that will also impact your coming year ahead for longer, it would seem, than for those of us that are non-Scorpios, right? Because it's kind of there in the background of your birthday. All right. So the transit of Scorpio tends to bring out the more intense, passionate, 
transformational potentials that we all live in. And it, it can happen in different areas of life, depending on where you happen to have Scorpio in your astrology chart. So it's always a good idea in the morning when you come to the show here to have your chart with you, right? That way you can look and see what pie-shaped piece, right? If we're looking at Scorpio, hold on, let me find it first. I'll highlight it. That makes it easier for everybody to see. Uh, Scorpio is right here. So you can see the symbol looks like an M with a tail or a scorpion, right? That's what Scorpio looks like. And that pie shaped piece that you see it sitting in is the house. And a house is literally the area of your life where the energy will be taking place, right? If this were a person's chart that I'm looking at, the scorpionic energy would be in the second house of money, of abundance, of lack and scarcity, perhaps, earning power, self-worth, values, and value, as well as the attractive forces that you are, the, the ability you have to attract things to you in your life. So if you have it in a different house, then you look to what the area of life is for that house, and that will give you an idea of how it might be impacting you. Uh, let's see, in my own chart, Scorpio sits on the fourth house. That's funny because the fourth house is always highly activated for me this time of year because of all the Scorpio birthdays in my family. And then Thanksgiving is also, well, Thanksgiving technically it falls into Sagittarius, but we have a lot of family things that begin to take place. So it's a very family-oriented, traditions-oriented part of my own chart. Maybe you have it sitting in your 10th house. And the biggest transformation for you might be in the career or profession sector of your chart, right? So it really depends on where it is in your chart as to how it is going to affect you. All right. Um, oh, Pam, thank you very much. Pam says, classes, anyone interested, I strongly encourage. The astrology class opened new interests for me. I'm sure the human design will be just as informative. Uh, Janet has a great way of making it usable, right? It's about living your astrology, living astrology. All right, thank you, Pam, that is very sweet of you. And of course, the link is still here. Uh, let me take it and switch it over to Facebook for right now. I'll hide it there and I'll show it here. All right. So those of you on Facebook can now see the link to schedule yourself in for that course. Okay. So different areas of life being impacted by the scorpionic energy. And remember, Scorpio is a water sign and that is a deep water kind of sign, not the babbling brooks, uh, not the, you know, superficial, you know, shallow waters, we go into deep water here in Scorpio energy. And that means that it rules the hidden realms of the psyche, of our subconsciousness, of the occult, of the mysteries of the world and secrets. So very Halloween, right? <laughs> Scorpio is Halloween or Halloween is Scorpio. Now, the sun in Scorpio illuminates the aspects of ourselves then that are hidden. Like, for example, that, you know, article that I just started to read you by Deepak Chopra, looking at our inner realm, where are we not at peace within ourselves? That's adding to the creation of violence and uh, unpeacefulness out in the world. So it is an invitation time for all of us to look deeper right? To understand yourself from the deeper inner levels of yourself, of the subconscious mind. And uh, it invites you to even dive deeper into your emotions, right? Because Scorpio is water, water is emotion. So it's time for us to take a deeper look at our emotions. And I'm not going to tell you this is fun stuff. I find it kind of fun, but then I'm weird that way. But most people don't want to dive into their pain, most people don't want to look at what's underneath the carpet, right? But I encourage you to do this, to confront those issues within you. Maybe it's a power struggle issue that you have. Maybe it's issues around jealousy. Maybe it's issues within your relationships. Maybe it's issues with your belief system, 
Maybe you're carrying too much baggage, dragging the past along with you, like some kind of ball and chain that's time to let go of, right? So this is your time for that. It is also a hugely healing energy, right? Scorpio energy is best when it heals, when first it confronts what's in the shadow, but then sets about to heal the shadow. We cannot heal the shadow if we don't confront the shadow, right? So you can take a look at your life and kind of see where the shadow might be operating because any place where you're not living from the highest and excitement and love, that's where there's a shadow. There's something hanging around that is blocking you or stopping you from living out your highest. Confront it. Be willing. Look at what it feels like. What does it sound like? What does it move you to do when you look at those fears, right? Because really, this is what they are. They're fears, right? We have a lot of those fears that are in our DNA. They, on one hand, help to keep us alive. But on the other hand, as we become more conscious beings, and we are truly becoming more conscious beings, those very fears that have kept us alive almost seem to drown us right? Drowning us in the past, drowning us in our, in that fear. And the only way to combat fear is love, right? So you have to apply love as the heat. Love is the healing antidote to all of the fears that we have in our lives, no matter what it is. So the sun in Scorpio is a time of transformation, a time of regeneration, a time of rebirth, but it can also bring up crisis and conflict in us, within us, but also between us, and can also be very cathartic for opening up those wounds, letting them have exposure, transferring through or tra uh, transforming through all of that in order to transcend it, to be like the phoenix, to move through annihilation and into rebirth. It's a time to be honest, both with yourself and with others, to be authentic, to have courage, the courage of Mars here, um, but also to be careful, cautious, and respectful of yourself and others, right? You can't go around pointing fingers at others and saying, you know, you're the source of all my problems. That isn't the truth. <laughs> the source of your problems never lies outside of you. It lies within you, right? So, be very respectful of that, but respect yourself too. Cause I don't want you going around going, oh, I'm such a terrible person. I'm blah, 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 blah. No, you're not. You've actually come to this planet to work through these very issues. That's why you're here, right? To heal, to heal interference patterns, which we're going to see here in just a minute. Now, I also want to talk a little bit about some of the specifics of Scorpio. Every sign has a guiding principle. Like Aries guiding principle is I am. Libra's guiding principle is we are. Gemini's guiding principle is I think, right? So each one has a, a guiding principle. In Scorpio, the guiding principle is I desire. Because Scorpio is kind of associated with those intense desires that we have and a strong need to develop into or delve deep into matters of the heart, matters of importance. It's a sign that seeks to uncover those hidden truths, right? Scorpios make great investigators. They're very tenacious when it comes to uncovering the depths, right? They're great detectives, right? I bet they love to play the game of Clue <laughs> or hidden um, hidden games. What do you call those? Hidden object games, that kind of thing, because they're digging through to look for and uncover those secrets. Now, of course, then that means one of the characteristics of uh, Scorpio is depth, but also intimacy. Scorpio is a sign of bonding, bonding, merging energy. So that's where it has its connotation with sex right? Sexual activity is about bonding, bringing people together. And of course, Scorpios are known for their ability to form deep and intimate relationships and connections with others, because that is what they do, right? They want, they don't want that just superficial, 
you know, friendship on a, on a, you know, very superficial level, they really enjoy going into the deeper levels of what makes us tick as a couple. What is it about our friendship that really, you know, is something I can grab onto and really enjoy. And they're often drawn to the mysteries of life. This is the detective part of them. Uh, and also the mysteries of the human psyche. You'll also find quite a few psychologists, hypnotists, um, practitioners that get into the unconscious mind or into uh, the psyche and do their work from that place. Uh, Scorpio is also a sign known for deep emotions, sometimes extreme. Uh, they tend to experience emotions in their fullest and most rounded out way. They're passionate, they're strong-willed, and they have intense feelings, an intensity to their feelings. I often know I'm dealing with a Scorpio because I want to push back from them right? That intensity sometimes is so palpable, right? You just want to go, oh, let me move this. Let's put a little bit of a, a buffer between me and you because it's so intense that I can't handle all of that at one time. Now, not everybody's going to experience that way. Scorpio also in this case, then it has a, holds a rejection of superficiality, right? It's that mediocrity, that idea of superficialness is not satisfying to a Scorpio. They're seeking authenticity and the deep meaning in their interactions and in everything they pursue. So it's no, it's not just superficial for them. They have an interest in all of the hidden th sides of things, the taboos, the, um, they're naturally drawn to what is hidden, right? They're, they're trying to dig these up. They want to uncover the mysteries uh, and the truths that other people might miss. Now, while Libra, the sign that we're just leaving uh, is focused on achieving balance and harmony and fairness. Scorpio tends to believe that life is inherently unfair. Scorpio's energy is more focused on all of the complexities that make up everything that is going on in our world, including the inequalities, right? Um, and of course, we've all heard what the positive and the negatives are pretty much of Scorpio. So we can't overlook jealousy. Scorpios can be prone to jealousy and possessiveness in their relationships. They don't share easily. <laughs> They're kind of like two-year-olds in that way, right? That don't want to share. This is mine, right? It's I desire. These toys are mine, all mine. They can be vindictive. They may hold grudges and seek revenge when they've been wronged right? Now, these are negative aspects. Not all of you out there that are Scorpios are this way. But if you hold the truth to yourself, you can see, oh, that's a trigger for me to be vindictive, right? Um, they can be manipulative. There is that. Scorpios, they can have a tendency to manipulate to achieve what they want. And they can beat a dead horse. They can keep on and on and on about their dwelling, on issues, or they could be dwelling on conflicts long after it should have been resolved within them. Um, and these are things that are shadows. These are in the shadows. And yet this energy of Scorpio can be healing and transformative when it's channeled constructively, right? You have to use it uh, constructively. So if some of the more negative aspects are showing up, that is an invitation then from the universe for you to delve deeper look at what is it that this is uh, bringing up for me and why? What does it remind me of? When did this happen before? What did I get myself into in that situation? And how can I now heal it? Right? We want to seek to heal it. Uh, okay. Uh, da, 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 Tina, good morning to you. Good morning from Washington. Well, I'm in Washington as well. Um, my husband's 51st birthday is this Thursday. That also happens to be my little sister's birthday. So happy birthday to your husband, Londa. Good morning to you. And it's great to have you with us this morning. All right. So if anybody has any questions about anything that we've been talking about, did I just see Asa out there? No, I did not. Um, good morning, Asa, if you're listening later. <laughs> Now, let's break Scorpio down in human design terms. And for this, I'm going to show you kind of a picture of what I uh, see when I look at. Um, nope. Boop, boop, boo. Why are you not going to let me show this? Hold on. Let me bring the picture up first and then I'll share. 
uh, so that you can visualize. There we go. Now, let's see if it'll let me share it. What? Browser does not need to block my screen. Hmm. Okay, well, I'm going to try it anyway. So let's see if I can do this. And if not, well, we'll just talk our way through it. I apologize for the lag here. Uh, it's a window. No. So I don't know what that was. There you go. Now, everybody should be seeing what a human design chart of Scorpio energies is all about. So in human design, just to give you, to familiarize you with the body graph, which is what you're looking at here, the body graph is made up of nine energy centers. That's what these um, geometric shapes are. And there are channels between the centers that connect to one another through gates. Gates are these little numbered areas. When gates on one end of the channel and the other end of the channel are defined, then we get a channel connection and it turns on the energy centers, okay? So that's just a basic thing. What you're looking at here is me just identifying what the gates are and coloring it in so you can see it, okay? So right now, as the sun moves into Scorpio, we have the gate 50, which is down here. This is the spleen center, by the way. So when I was talking a bit earlier today in the broadcast about the spleen center and as the center where fear is, right? This is the center that rules time, intuition and health, survival, right? This whole center is about surviving. So all of these different gates on the spleen, as they become defined, meaning a planet is sitting there, uh, either in your birth chart or by transit, which is what we're talking about right now, it begins to broadcast that energy outward, right? So now it becomes a part of the potential for you to express it, all right? If you're not following me, put a, a, a note in the chat. When, when I come back, I, I will take a look at that for you. So the gate 50 is on the spleen center, which means it can double as a gate of fear, a paralysis point in your life. Now the gate 50 is called the gate of nurturing. So this gate is all about how we nurture, not just ourselves, although that's a part of it, but how we nurture our family, our community, our tribe, right? How do we nurture meaning? How do we share our values? How do we pass those values on to the world as well as how do we teach those values? It's very matriarchal energy. This is all divine feminine energy. This is called tribal energy as well. Tribal meaning it supports the community or tribe, right? So it's not necessarily collective, but it works mostly in the level of our communities, in our families, and in our tribes. Now, the fear in the gate 50 is that I will fail in my responsibility to my family or to my tribe. So I work extra hard at teaching. I might smother mother. This would be negative, right? The fear that if I don't micromanage this child, he's going to never learn how to take care of himself. But that's upside down thinking, right? If you don't let him go out and make the mistakes, he's never going to learn, right? So here we have the, the need to balance or harmonize, if you will, um, bring to an equilibrium. That's the, oh, you'll see why I said that word. Uh, the equilibrium between teaching the values and then allowing them to experience how to apply the values in uh, the world, in their lives. So this is a gate that is very much uh, hands-on mothering energy. And we all have the gate 50. If you have it and it's white instead of colored in, it just means that you have uh, an inconsistent access to the way that energy shows up. It might depend on the community that you're with if you get triggered into uh, smother mothering or micromanaging. Uh, so be aware of the gate 50. Now in the gene keys, here's where I really like to take this deeper because we get a shadow here and the shadow here is corruption. 
So let's talk about this for a second. So corruption isn't about like corrupt politicians whose ethics and morals are questionable. It's corruption in that there's been a misreading of the code energy that runs through this particular gate. It's like when you put a, a new uh, application on your computer and you get that thing that pops up that says your file is corrupt. You have to you know, take it away. You have to delete the file and then re-upload it, that kind of thing. So it's that kind of corruption. There is a transcription error between the original and the copy. And this can take place at our very DNA, where there is a transcription error when messenger RNA and DNA come together and the message isn't clear, and so it doesn't copy correctly. So the opportunity here for us is to bring corruption into equilibrium, to rebalance it, to bring it into the highest energy, which is harmony, right? Now you've got to remember the 50 is a bridge gate between Libran energy and Scorpio energy. Okay, so it's holding the tension of uh, Libra's need for balance and harmony, and then Scorpio's need to, you know, look at what is not working correctly and to, you know, attempt to fix that. All right, so that's the gate 50. After we leave the gate 50, we move to the gate 28. And this one is called the gate of adventure or sometimes called the gate of challenge. In is when it is defined in someone's human design chart or when it becomes defined in a relationship chart, we kind of think of it as a red flag, as in this one can mean trouble. It can spell trouble. It is a gate in its lowest energy, in its shadow. That is the fear of purposelessness, that all of this life has no meaning and that, uh, you know, that why should I try, right? Now, on the other hand, it can also be where uh, people feel this purposelessness, so they seek adventure, they seek thrills to kind of offset that feeling of purposelessness. So it can become a danger zone as well if you become the evil Knievel in your life, right? Trying to jump over the Snake River on a motorcycle um, because you're trying to feel purpose. You're trying to feel meaning. In the gift of this particular gate, what we have is totality, being all in, no matter what the experience is, right? Even if it's not necessarily a, an, a positive experience, allowing yourself to be in the totality of it. Now, literally what the fear here is, isn't just about purposelessness. It can kind of be about annihilation, about death, right? And the fear of death. So there's a dual sort of sword here about wanting to feel alive and wanting to uh, maybe do some things that are challenging or maybe even some thrill seeking. But on the other hand, that is almost a challenge to the Grim Reaper here, right? We're challenging death. And in the end, the highest expression of this gate is immortality. When we realize that we are not just these bodies that we are immortal, right? Within us is a soul, a spirit, if you will. And it is energy that cannot be destroyed. It can only be changed, right? That's a, that's a, a fundamental law of the universe, a law of thermodynamics, right? Energy cannot be destroyed. It can only be transformed. So we move from the state of the physical into the state of the uh, spiritual or the spirit or the ether. We can't, we're not destroyed, right? So if we remember that, then we can kind of use this energy as adventure in life and not the adventure because we don't want to feel purposelessness. Hmm. It's kind of fun here. The uh, next gate that we get to in Scorpio is also here on the spleen center. It is the last gate of fear and it is the gate 44, which is called the gate of truth. It is a very interesting gate because it's part of the logical sequence. Uh, someday we'll have a course about, well, that'll build on the human design course I'm teaching, but we'll talk about circuitry and how groups of gates work together. Well, this particular gate works with the logic sequence, if you will. It's a very mind-oriented and pattern-oriented, pattern recognition 
oriented gait. Beyond, there's a whole lot more that is part of this. But what happens in this gait is its fear is the fear of the past, particularly a fear that the past will repeat itself, right? So I'm living my life and I'm, I'm enjoying what I'm doing. And then one day something goes wrong. Maybe it's in the relationship that I'm in. Something goes wrong. And it suddenly reminds me of a pattern that happened in my previous relationship where I actually had experienced a breakup, a death of the relationship. So now I begin to drag the baggage of the past into my present moment rather than living in the now, which is where the spleen operates best. And now I'm starting to predict the end of this relationship, perhaps, based on a clue I see from something that happened previously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, patterns are not bad, right? But you have to remember that patterns have to play out completely because the end result is likely not going to be the exact result that you are predicting based on something that happened in the past kind of wakes your mind out right <laughs> so hopefully everybody understands this one now this is why in this particular gate the shadow is interference Mm. And interference because there are always these patterns, like I think of Aquarius energy as interference, right? When you look at the symbol for Aquarius, it's the symbol of water, like a kind of water waves, but it's not water. It's interference waves, airwave patterns that change. Airwave patterns are thoughts, beliefs. So here we have the potential that our belief in the in the patterns that happened in the past really coming true in the now is interfering with our ability to really live out the highest and best of this gate. When we get to the best of this gate, it's about teamwork. It's about working together for the good of all. It's a it it actually has a pretty uh, Aquarian sort of theme that runs to it, but it's Scorpio. And that means that there's a transformation necessary to move from the old patterns, the patterns of the past, in bringing them into the now so that we can predict for the future something new, right? Something that stands the test of time, all right? Now, after the 44, we get out of the spleen and we move up to the identity center right here. So when we get out of this fear, when we get out of the lack and the scarcity and I'm not good enough and the past and I'm afraid of the future, then we get to move here because hopefully what we've done is we've transformed those fears because we've been willing, we've been open to looking at our own cosmic dirt, if you will, and cleaning it up. So now we get to the identity center. This is the center where the soul lives. And the gate one is a Scorpio gate and it is the gate of purpose. Everyone has gate one, whether it's defined because it has color on it or whether it's not, just doesn't matter, you have it. So we're all here with a purpose. And people who have this defined, and right now at this time of the year, um, it won't be until three weeks from now, this gate will become defined during the transit of uh, the sun through Scorpio, and we'll all be sort of cued in to finding our purpose. Am I living my purpose? Am I on purpose, right? So it's interesting, right? You got to get rid of the fears in order to shine outward your purpose for being here. Now, in the gene keys, in the shadow, and every gate has a shadow, right? We, because every energy has both the highest and the lowest, right? And every spot in between. And the lowest energy here is entropy. And entropy is a word that kind of means going nowhere fast, right? Or actually even receding energetically, pulling away from. And it can be a place for where I get stuck. I get on this endless loop of asking the question, what is my purpose? What am I here to do? Who am I here to be? Right? It can become this endless questioning. Well, your purpose literally is to go out and do you the best in the world. Right? Be the singer. Be the dancer. Be the comic. Be the uh, writer. Right? Be the best janitor that you can be. Be the best 
mother that you can be, the best father, whatever, right? Purpose isn't about your job that you do. It's about who you are in the uh, totality of yourself. So purpose here. And when we get to the highest expression, what we find here is that we have this fresh perspective about how to do me in the world, which leads us to beauty, right? The beauty that comes when we see somebody who's living fully from their truth and living fully in their authenticity. That's the gate one. Uh, after the gate one, we jump up to the Ajna, the second center in the human design, which is the center for thought. It is the part that we, it is the center that we think of as the, of our brains, right? Where we can think it's the intellect. It's where we have certainty and truth. Um, it is a center, uh, that is only about awareness. And I was, I was reading an article you guys know I'm a massive reader. I read everything and anything that I can get my hands on sometimes. I was reading an article about uh, Amy Coney Barrett, the um, Supreme Court Justice, one of the Supreme Court Justices. And she was talking about the fact that the court needs more intellect and less heart. I was like, whoa, that's the biggest problem on the planet is that we're all stuck in our intellects. Right. Ever since the scientific revolution began, we really began to lean into using the, the mind. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't use your mind or that you shouldn't think because let's face it, we all think we all have a mind, but the mind is not where we need to make decisions from. So what we see in the gate 43, interestingly enough, is that we have this connection to a future that looks completely different. Like it is like someone this gate can really see a breakthrough it is a place of genius right 43 sees things in a completely new way and then of course they want to share it because it comes down and meets up to the throat center for some people right now it would because uranus is sitting at gate 23 so for every one of us during the week that the sun will be at 43, we'll have that whole channel to find. We are going to be freaking geniuses and we want to share our wisdom with everyone, right? But there's a problem here. Um, the sharing of said genius breakthroughs and insight comes with an invitation to do so, right? Otherwise, you won't be seen, heard, or valued for that ingenuity or for that um, breakthrough, right? because 43 tends to look at things a little beyond time, right? They're a little more future oriented. So make sure whatever your breakthroughs will be, whatever your epiphanies or ahas are going to be, make sure you don't just share it and blurt it out to everybody without saying, gosh, I've just gotten a great idea. Can I share it with you all? When you get a yes, then you can share. If you don't get a yes, or you get some people saying, yeah, others saying no, then you just go, okay, well, let me know when you're ready to hear this brilliant idea. I think it could be very useful or very helpful. And then zip your lip. Don't say another word. The genius is still yours, right? Unfortunately, when you share your genius with people who aren't ready for it, then not only do they not see, hear, or value your, your contribution there, then it also leaves you open to being scooped later on, two weeks later, when somebody else says the very same thing and everybody's like, oh man, you are a veritable genius. Why didn't I think of that? And you're left going, I told you that two weeks ago, right? So sharing it in the right timing is how we get our genius out, all right? I hope that makes sense to everybody. And then finally, the last uh, gate that we get to with Scorpio is the 14. I love this gate. I love this gate because in its highest, it is the word bounteousness, bounty, enough, more than enough, abundance, right? It's not strictly abundance, but it's bounty. And the bounty here comes when we refuse to compromise our values, our truth, or what we want in the world. We don't give ourselves away 
right? The, this is the negative kind of compromise. And instead we stand in our competence. We stay in our lane. We know where we are brilliant. We don't need to be everybody else's brilliance. We just need to be our own. And when we do, it creates pathways to creation of money or resources, bounty, right? Essentially bounty. And that's interesting because it's a scorpionic energy and then it transitions on into Sagittarius, but we start with Scorpio energy here. It sets us up for being authentic when we're being authentic or being in our own competence. Then we are fo focused on or uh, in the way of, let's say, bounty, bounteousness. Kind of love that. All right. So now you can see by looking at those different gates, a little deeper uh, connection to some of the energies that are present and available for us while the sun is moving through the sign of Scorpio. Um, uh, 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 Christine says it makes total sense. Is that gate 44? It was gate 44 at that point in time. And uh, gate 44, the double fours. Interesting too, because, and this is just a, you know, one of those tidbits of information that um, I hold in my head. The pandemic, any pandemic, almost any pandemic begins when the sun is in the line four of gate 44. So 44.4 is where the pandemic began uh, several years back. Now, not every time the sun moves through 44.4 does a pandemic start. But when a pandemic starts, what we have is something, some old pattern here that needs to be broken up and changed and it comes out in the form of a pandemic or a virus gone bad right so interesting <laughs> all right now i want to talk about something else really kind of funny and interesting here let me get to my notes on this so many of you have heard me talk about ophiuchus before and how ophiuchus is a constellation that also runs along the ecliptic plane and can form the 13th sign for astrology. Now, the, the birth of astrology goes way back to Babylonian times. And the reason there were 12 zodiac signs is because at that time, in across the sky, there were these 12 constellations that were always there. And they it was seasonal, right? From the Babylonian perspective, in the winter, they would see X number of they would see Capricorn, Aquarius, and the beginnings of Pisces. In the spring, they would see the ending of Pisces, or they would actually see uh, Aries and Taurus, and then Gemini, and then Cancer at the summer solstice. So they had, you know, these signs that, or these constellations that the sun would be moving through in the seasons. So astrology became linked with the seasons. So what happens when you throw in over the course of time, i.e. the precession of the equinoxes, when now, as we look at the ecliptic plane, there's a 13th constellation that is along that plane, and it is Ophiuchus. We see his foot, right? The sun moves through the foot of Ophiuchus. Um, let's see, the dates are from... Uh, la, la, la. Scorpio is, if you look at Ophiuchus, is now November 23rd to November 29th. And Ophiuchus is November 29th to December 17th. So all of you who have birthdays this week, you're actually Libras. You're actually not. Actually, you're not even Libras. It can be, well, I don't want to get into the, it can be very confusing when you start changing signs. But let's talk about it this way. We now have this extra sign constellation that the sun is moving through during this period of the year. And Ophiuchus lies between Scorpio and Sagittarius on the celestial equator is what we call that. The ecliptic plane is also called the celestial equator. And in um, mythology, Ophiuchus is known as the serpent bearer because the constellation outline is that of a man holding a serpent, holding a snake, right? And he is sometimes considered the 13th sign by some astrologers. Most astrologers will totally not 
tell you there's a 13th sign. They don't include it because the whole pattern of astrology was built on 12 signs that were seasonal. And it's very difficult to think about upping, upending the entire system to bring in a 13th sign. Now, Ophiuchus is said to be a representation of Asclepius, who was a Greek god of medicine and healing. And he learned the secrets of life and death from a serpent, right? Now look at the Bible and the whole Garden of Eden um, differently, right? The serpent, hmm, just kind of interesting to see how what might have been going on here at this time was the intellect of the, of the human kind of zooming forward and asking the questions about life and death and purpose and meaning and how can I control that in some way, right? So... Uh, people born under the sign are said to be very curious, right? They have a high level of curiosity, and therefore it gives them a thirst for knowledge. They want to know more. They're passionate, adventurous, and loyal. They have a strong sense of justice and a desire to help others. Can you see there's kind of elements of both Scorpio on one side and Sagittarius on the other that are coming into the, the play here? Um, and they are also visionaries. This is a sign that has vision because they landed Jupiter as the ruler of the sign. And that it makes a fourth fire sign in the Zodiac, right? We, he was given fire. So these are people can be visionaries who are always trying to boost the progress throughout life for themselves and for others. They have a high level of that curiosity that keeps driving them to find more information, a sort of thirst for knowledge, and they're determined and confident in what they do. Now, if you're curious about how that changes the Zodiac, if we looked at the Zodiac in a different way, I'm going to give you the new dates just for fun, I'm going to give you the new dates and that might make you a new sign. So Capricorn now becomes January 20th through February 16th. Aquarius, February 16th to March 11th. Pisces, March 11th to April 18th. Aries, April 18th to May 13th. Taurus, May 13th to June 21st. Welcome to Taurus land, Tom. I'm also now a Taurus in that respect. Gemini becomes June 21st to July 20th. Cancer becomes July 20th to August 10th. Leo becomes August 10th to September 16th. Libra, or Virgo, excuse me, don't want to skip Virgo becomes September 16th to October 30th. TJ and Terry are now Virgos. Libra, and so is Patty. <laughs> and so is David, and so is Dallas and our family. Uh, Libra now becomes October 30th to November 23rd. Scorpio, November 23rd to the 29th. Very short period of time. And that's because when you look at the zodiac through the constellations, the sun only spends uh, literally six days moving through that constellation. Ophiuchus becomes November 29th to December 17th. He spends a lot longer going through that sign. And then Sagittarians are now December 17th through January 20th. Try this on for size. I know the first time I mentioned it to Tom, he totally rejected that whole idea of being a Taurus. I did too. Right. I've been a Gemini all my life so far. Right. Try on your new sign just for fun. See how it feels. You don't have to change anything about yourself. Just think about how the new sign might apply to you. <laughs> so the controversy over this new, new, you know, astrological sign has indeed been a topic. Right. It's if you just um, Google Ophiuchus or the 13th sign, you're going to get quite a bit of information, most of it negative, most of it smearing uh, any astrologer who brings it up. How dare I even think about that? Um, but it's a symptom of the big systems that we already are crashing down around us 
And if we don't bring it into the now, what is the point, right? It's very convenient to have 12 signs, right? To have three seasons and or four seasons and three signs per season. And it's all neat and tidy. It's very neat administratively, right? In, in terms of the human design uh, for the last 400 years, that's had us really focused on uh, the channel of administration or the incarnation cross of administration. And now moving to a different one in a few years, it's time. It's time for us to think of this differently. It's time for us to entertain the idea of the number 13. It's the sacred number, right? Bringing that in rounds us out. Um, Tom says, no, I'm me. Yes, you are still you. Uh, Asa says, I'm a Virgo too. Ah, of course you are, October 11th, right? Uh, so anyway, just to, you know, kind of blow your minds a little bit on this Monday morning, make you think a little bit uh, more. By the way, the ruler, uh, you know, every sign has a ruling planet. The ruler for Ophiuchus would be Chiron, right? The wounded healer. And uh, I, I think that's actually a good choice, although we could make the case for maybe other planets as well. Uh, but I really like the idea of Chiron being the ruler of Ophiuchus, right? Uh, okay, that is it for me today. Let's draw a card to get us through the week. And I'm going to draw us a Halloween card. I'm going to draw a Halloween card because this is all about transformation, death and rebirth, regeneration. So what is it that we can, what, what of these shadow energies can we use to transform ourselves as we go into this week? All right. The lamp. Oh, this is cool. The lamp. And underneath it, it says remembrance, right? The lamp remembrance. Okay, let's look at this. The, is it under the or lamp? I never know. The lamp. Okay. All right, little poem first. I light a single candle within a lamp for you. A single flame in the darkness that reflects my heart so true. Whilst it is a tradition to carve a jack-o'-lantern to scare away the spirits, it was an older tradition still to light a candle or a lamp on Halloween night and leave it at the window as a loving guide home for those who have passed. Both as a symbol of remembrance and also as a kind of leaving the lights on for those who may wish to come home. The lamp was left on to illuminate the night and perhaps even the sadness that was felt because of the passing. This card reminds us that it is a positive thing to remember those who have passed by celebrating their life rather than mourning their death. For those with whom we did not have an easy relationship or even those we did not like, they leave us with valuable lessons. Sometimes we learn more from our nemeses than we do from our friends and so the darkness can illuminate our strengths and our true values so that we can live them more clearly and fully. There we go, the lamp. Okay, uh, I think I'm gonna draw one more card and this one I'm gonna make a spirit animal. I feel like I feel like we need some animals with us today or an animal with us as we go into the week. Again, uh, uh, the link that you're seeing there for Facebook is to the course Human Design Basics. And you can sign up for that. Begins this Thursday. All the sessions are recorded. So if you cannot attend live, you will get that and will have access to that the whole of your life if you want it. So I picked Starfish Spirit, open to infinite possibility. Starfish Spirit, really? 59, which is a 14, which is a five. So being open to possibilities five or yeah, the number five is often called constructive use of freedom or free will and so it goes back here i mean i love the idea of a starfish being sort of a totem animal here's the message stretched out on the beach the starfish opens fully to the rays of the sun to the power of potential as you look out toward the horizon do you open up to infinite possibility 
Spirit is the source of opportunities beyond your wildest imagination and ensures endless possibilities are available. At this time, Starfish Spirit urges you to stretch past the limits of your everyday perception and comfort zone to dream of bigger things and imagine with even greater hope and faith for miraculous potential is shining down on you. Another one of my favorite words, miracles. Feel it, bask in it, and open yourself to be filled with inspiration. This is a very fortunate sign that Starfish Spirit has come to remind you of your infinite potential. Woohoo! Great way to end the broadcast this morning with Starfish Spirit. Thank you all for joining me this morning. Much love to all of you. See you Friday morning. Bye for now. Do you wish you could better understand yourself and what is going on in the world? Well, grab your cup of coffee or tea and join the podcast Living Astrology with Janet Hickox for Astrology, Human Design, and Gene Keys Wisdom. Mondays and Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. Podcasts are available on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and your other favorite outlets.